Hello, hello. It's another case of mixtape and identity, and my guest this week is Timothy Clark. Thank you so much for joining me. This is episode 69 of Mixtape and Identity with comedian Timothy Clark. No Edinburgh stuff to promote this week, so we'll dive right in. I uh, had a really fun time with this playlist, so there's some great campy rock and roll in this list. Uh, some real throwbacks as well, some songs I've not heard for a long, long time. So I had a, a really fun time with this. Uh, if this is your first time listening, if you're not sure what I'm talking about, we're going to talk through uh, a playlist, a, a list of songs. Uh, if you want to listen to any of those songs, they, they're available as a playlist on Spotify. You can find that in the description of the podcast. Also, drop us a follow on Instagram, so any updates around uh, new guests, new mixtapes, uh, clips from the show, all that good stuff, uh, all my energy goes into uh, Instagram, so give us a follow there. Had a really fun time with this uh, with this episode. Uh, Tim was in great form, we had a great chat. Not much more said about it, to be honest. So we'll dive right in. This is episode 69 of Mixed Day Identity with Timothy Clark. How often do you actually listen to music at the moment? How often do I listen to music? Ooh, good question. Um, I try and split my time. I like to listen to podcasts. I, well, I tell myself that I like mm-hmm. to listen to podcasts mostly, but... If I'm doing so at work, that's a bit of a, a shame because then I'm also trying to deal with you know, work emails and stuff like that. So it gets kind of in the way. So I've tried to start shifting over to, if I'm at work, mostly just listening to music. So that can either be in the background if it's something that, you know, it's a playlist that I've listened to over and over again. Um, we were talking off air just mm. before about top songs from particular years. I sometimes go back and visit those just as background music, but... I also use it during my downtime to discover more music, you know, recommendations and stuff like that. It's not perfect, but uh, some of the songs that we will be discussing coming up, um, I count as my favourites that I found through that goddamned algorithm. The thing the writers and the actors are all striking against right now. The thing that Tommy Cruise hates. Yeah. yeah. It's really good, though. That's I know. The thing. Like, I, I, I think... <laughs> I think so. Spotify here has a um, uh, a product that I don't think is available in Australia. So I've heard, which is the AI DJ. Oh my god, there's too many initials. On yeah, I know, but it's um, it on so from a from a moral standpoint goes against everything I stand for. I am terrified of AI, um, but I tried it and it's really fuck. It's really good. It's like yeah, it's like your own personal radio show, and it actually recommends songs that. Uh, I hadn't heard before and I really enjoyed and every song it's suggested so far has been a banger and it disappoints me to my core <laughs> that, that it works it, it, I mean it, it, this is different probably to the radio mix function that sometimes pops up in, in Spotify yeah. that I listen to but that's just songs I've listened to a couple of months ago just being repackaged to me that's all it is it's nothing new recommendations it's just the same yeah five Kylie songs I listened to when Padum Padum came out. I was like, damn, she, she's got some bangers. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But it breaks it up in like five song chunks. So it's like, here's like uh, songs you were listening to a month ago and then it'll go into here's songs you were listening to like a year ago. Um, So it's it's that kind of stuff. And But it, yeah, it mm. it just works. God damn. Um, you know, you're selling just, me on this AI yeah, thing. <laughs> oh, the unions have gone too far. <laughs> 
Shane McMenemy <laughs> says so. I'm always Get back that. to work. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. They're the real scabs. Scabs on nothing, society. Nothing I love more than really uh, time-stamping a podcast recording. <laughs> if you're listening to this in two years' time, uh, congrats on surviving whatever hellscape we've got ourselves into. But oh, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Look it up. Ask your parents about it. <laughs> Um, all right, cool. Well, look, we'll we'll jump into the into the list then. So, song one is a song you fell in love with straight away. So you went for "Nowhere mm. Fast" by Fire Inc. That's right. That's right. I went with uh, "Nowhere Fast" by Fire Fire Inc. Um, I will say just in advance, um, a lot of uh, some of these songs I found through just like watching movies, and right. that is a big part of. You know, I, I, I create like monthly playlists in Spotify, things that I'm listening to at the moment. So that way I can kind of track and see how I'm going month by month. Um, and I've noticed a lot of them are just like fun songs that I hear in in, in movies that I look up the soundtrack later. It's like, oh, that's that song. And, you know, that's by you know, Bob Seger in Body Heat. I'm going to add that straight away. It's a beautiful song. Uh, and I started doing that more and more with my monthly playlist, as I say. And I, 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 I'm a big movie fan. I watch a lot of movies. And this one is, I got to say... Um, from one of my favorite movies, Streets of Fire. Uh, I don't know how much info you looked up uh, Nowhere Fast. So it says uh, Nowhere Fast and Fire Inc. Um, but it, I think it is. it was recorded for the movie itself. So in the movie, it's being performed by Diane Lane as this, uh, you know, a, 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 a character in a band, really. So she's performing it. Fire Inc. is more of like a... a um, there's not much information on him. It's it's more of like a what's the word I'm looking for? Studio recording musicians. Uh, it was yeah, more like session players, musicians. sessions musicians. That's the word I'm looking for. Really showing my ass in this recording so far. They're session musicians who were um, brought into this movie, Streets of Fire. It's a, it's a Walter Hill movie. Walter Hill's one of my favorite directors. It's like a rock and roll musical that advertised itself as. Um, it's really, really good. It's really fun. It's like an eighties movie in like a throwback fifties kind of era. Willem Dafoe is a the bad guy. Diane Lane's in it. It's, it's really, really fun. And there's so many great songs in it. Uh, Nowhere Fast is my favorite. It is this, I mean, you mean, you, you've listened to it, Shane, but, uh, people listening at home or in transit or bloody wherever you are, I implore you go check out Nowhere Fast. Spotify listed as Fire Inc. Um, uh, it's really, really good. It, it, it opens the movie. It's beautifully shot. It's got this um, pink and blue bisexual lighting, as people are calling it nowadays. Uh, it's a really fun, like, synth drum build-up. And, yeah, it's really, really good. I, I really like it. It was written by... Well, sorry, the music and lyrics were by Jim Steinman, who is uh, obviously a long-time collaborator with Meatloaf. Meatloaf does a really good cover version of it as well. Changes right. the lyrics. Um, and rare for Meatloaf... Adds a motorcycle revving sound effect. No way. I know. Shock of the century. Couldn't believe it the first time I heard what, it. What can't he do? Um, support vaccines, I think he can't do. But, <laughs> RIP to a legend. Love Meatloaf. Uh, love Meatloaf. And, um, yeah, Jim Steinman, his, his longtime collaborator and, and writer of you know, all his major hits. Uh, he wrote and produced Nowhere Fast and pretty much all the movies. Sorry, all the songs in, in the movie Streets of Fire. Uh, it's a real toss-up between this one and the closing song, Tonight is What It Means to Be Love. Uh, sorry, Tonight is What It Means to Be Young. Gosh, I'm, I'm, I'm two beers deep already in this podcast recording session. I'm already screwing up my references 
to songs in a movie no none of your listeners have <laughs> ever heard of and likely will never watch. <laughs> Oh, the, the genre on Wikipedia is Wagnerian rock, which is oh. classic rock, classic rock like uh, Bad Out of Hell is kind of the, the example yeah, they've yeah. given it here. Combining operatic uh, Wagner-esque music with, with rock and roll. Yeah. Oh. Notable artists, Bonnie Tyler, King Crimson, Meatloaf. This is, this is me to a T. I like this shit. <laughs> I mean, no surprises to me that the... That, um there's some kind of meatloaf connection to this song it sounds exactly like a like like what you'd expect from meatloaf um, yeah it's great it's like a big yeah. bombastic um a female-led version of a, a classic meatloaf song you've never heard of it's great yeah yeah absolutely i love the it's concept really good. of uh, nowhere fast as well i i really like that it's a beautiful like, um, term yeah yeah um, As someone who's been um, living and dying in the open mic comedy scene in Melbourne for the past 12 years, the, the notion of going nowhere fast, I don't know, really, <laughs> really connects with me for some reason. I don't know. Let's not unpack it. If I, if I, um, if I wrote it, it would be called Nowhere Gradually. <laughs> <laughs> oh. oh, dear. All right. Um, song two is a song that took you a while. So you're going for Miss You Much by Janet Jackson. Yes. Uh, I think, without checking, either my first or second most played artist of last year, Janet, Janet Jackson. Um, well, yeah, it just took me a long time to not just love the song Miss You Much, uh, but also get into Janet Jackson as much as I do. I love Janet Jackson. Um, obviously, I, I didn't like her as a kid. I was more into you know, rock and metal in my high school years and wasn't really, you know... Uh, it wasn't del- I didn't like pop at the time, so I wasn't really delving more into pop of the 80s and early 90s, which uh, I've really gotten into the last couple of years or so. Um, but mm-hmm. Missy Match is, is fantastic. Um, she's got so many great albums, so many great singles. Uh, she's practically all across, speaking of movies, she's all across the Hustlers soundtrack, which if you haven't listened to it, one of the best soundtracks of the last couple of years. The Hustlers movie, okay. so good. And Missy Match, it's, uh, I think it's the closing song. It's so good. Um, and again, it is similar to Nowhere Fast in that it really kicks in with these... Uh, I'm not a musician, so I don't really know what the term I'm looking for is, but very fast, steady drum beats. Not in terms of the beat itself, but um, a, dr- a drum machine, really. A very succinct, uh, consistent drum noise. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. Yeah, I really enjoyed this. This is something um, I've been speaking about a little bit recently, but um, I, in terms of my typical genre of music and the stuff that I normally connect with, um, I really didn't like pop music for a long time, really dismissed it. Um, and I think uh, a lot of that comes from the fact that you know when I was when I was forming my connection with music, a lot of pop music was very manufactured and very like uh, uh, cynically produced. Um, right. You know, like your pop idols, Simon Carl kind of stuff. That, like that, mm-hmm. that was the, the stuff that was in the mainstream. Um, We've got the equivalents over here, yeah. And I think that was kind right. of... Um, yeah, it, it kind of feels... Looking back on it, it kind of feels 
I mean, obviously, there's probably some kind of late, latent sexism at the time involved, and just like, oh, pop music, that's for girls. I'm going to listen to that. I listen to the hard stuff. But no, boys. I think so. Yeah, yeah absolutely. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I um, agree. Um, and just accepting that. I think, I think, you know, pop has become so much more mainstream, or it's changed into the kind of music that become that has become so much more mainstream these days that it's become. Uh, unavoid- unavoidable in a modern context and seeing so much of the, the sensibilities of like these these powerful 80s and 90s pop songs um, in modern music it's it's making a lot of people go back I think yeah Again, no I agree I could yeah, be yeah. talking completely out of my ass <laughs> I don't know well, if you are, damn if you shit are, about mu- uh, music <laughs> yeah man I am just looking at her list of singles Janet uh-huh. Jackson and this this is off Rhythm Nation. Rhythm Nation also could have been one. I also love that Black Cat, uh, Escapade. Uh, shit, she had she had so many great singles. The Control album is amazing. Rhythm Nation is also a great song. Black Cat uh, is great. Spotify has Spotify. Janet Jackson has so many Spotify albums, which are just other people's remixes and like trance versions of her songs. They're great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yeah, there's like a Black Cat. Seven inch single, twelve inch single. I don't know the difference. <laughs> no, me neither. I mean, I think the difference is like five inches. Um, oh yeah, which I've heard. I've heard that many times in the past. But <laughs> um, uh, yeah, go go check out the remixes online as well. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so yeah, I think I think it's a it's been a journey for me in terms of getting into pop music, like appreciating more modern pop, and then appreciating pop that came before that you mm. know the the elite <laughs> or you know simon kyle basically took everything over yeah, yeah. um so and yeah there's like there's so many interesting things that they're doing with that music that like i co- had completely dismissed as just not for me um so many intricacies to Janet jackson's music in particular it's like it's incredibly produced and yeah. there's there's so much going on and she's an amazing dancer as well i, I in prep for this i watched uh, her performance on oh gosh what was it uh, performance on a US TV show and mm-hmm. yeah she's she's um, amazing she's one of the best dancers ever and I think mm-hmm. one of the things that really put me off I mean I say put me off as in I had like an outward dis- distaste for Janet Jackson as a kid I didn't you know I'm sure I heard her songs in the background and liked her um, but I just didn't know that it was her and connect it and really my first memory of Janet Jackson as a performer um, was the Super Bowl incident which happened when I was about 13 or 14 or so so for the yeah. longest period of time in my early teens I just knew her as you know the punchline yeah she had yeah. she had the uh, she had the star on her nipple Justin Timberlake right. ripped it off and I think there yeah. has been a really good reclamation of that incident and kind of reframing it um, yes because <laughs> at the time she was fucking dragged through, yeah. you know, Mad Magazine, SNL, every bad parody you can imagine. Um, yeah. Which, you know, now a lot more has come to light about it. A lot more about, I can't remember off the top of my head who it was at the time. The head of her record was actively trying to bury her at the time and was using this opportunity to do so. Um, right. And also the weak response from Justin Timberlake has come out a lot more and people are really you know, dogpiling on him. Uh, yeah. justifiably um, but yeah the Arsenio Hall show that's what I looked it up it's a great performance uh, one of the two appearances of Arsenio Hall show performances I'm going to mention in this episode actually as we go forward okay cool it's a little sizzle um, a little sizzle alright perfect 
I before we move on then you'd also reference Sweetness by Jimmy Eat World as a song that took you a while. God damn right it did. Uh, <laughs> when you asked me for these questions, Sweetness was the song that I was listening to, you know, every day on the hour. Um, right. I just included it just because, uh, as you're going to see, I, I was really into you know, uh, the rock trends of the late '90s, early 2000s. So that what would that be? That'd be pop rock. Uh, no, sorry, pop punk, um, mm-hmm. pop rock as well. Also, can't dismiss it. And new, new metal and a bit of emo, bit of. Um, uh, post grunge bit of alt and Jimmy World seems like it was something completely in my wheelhouse um, but mm. it, ne- it never was I never really got into Jimmy World I just knew the middle um, and then I saw them live earlier this year they were opening for My Chemical Romance uh, who were a big band for me so I saw them and I thought well Jimmy World that'd be fantastic to see as well and yeah fell in love with them I knew that they had the middle um, but Sweetness was a fantastic song um, Pain as well. well they played um, yeah just really fell in love with with, uh, with them uh, Bleed American I've gone back and listened to the album and uh, yeah Jimmy Eat World yes. Jimmy Eat World Timmy hears songs and is enjoying them <laughs> can't yeah. wait for that one to make the Instagram huh how's that for a sizzle reel for this episode Christ almighty what's the next song Shane take it away I'm gonna dwell on that. I I was um I I think I was this, I was this, the same as you except reversed. Like I was really into Jimmy Eat World, but um My yeah. Chemical Romance just passed me by. I don't know what that is about like about that kind of age where it's just like there are so many bands that are very very similar to what you're listening to, <laughs> like like same influences, maybe just slightly different interpretations of it. Um, like Jimmy Eat World and My Chemical Romance are like they're different bands, but they're more similar than they are different. Uh, there's absolutely no reason Sorry, for me yeah. to get into one and not the other, but um, yeah, yeah. I mean, there's a reason uh, they open for. Yeah, uh, exactly. They seem. Yeah. I mean, unless they were just performing, they seem like they're they're close and they would have been coming up together at relatively the same time. Yeah. Um, but yeah, also back in the day, you know, you, you couldn't just stream everything, so it was a choice down at the uh, sanity, or I don't know what the this is true. <laughs> I don't know what the Northern Irish equivalent of that would be. HMV. Um, the H. Oh right, I was going to say HMV. I always forget it's uh, it's from uh, from your neck of the woods. So you're there. You've got your pocket money. It's choice of Welcome to the Black Parade or Bleed American. You're gonna make a choice. True enough. True enough. Um. All right. Song three is a song from Introduction to Music. Uh, so you've gone for Delegate Drive by Susie Quattro. Delegate Drive, Susie Quattro. Yes. Um, are you familiar much with Susie Quattro? You, you were saying offline that you were a bit of a classic rock kind of fan. Uh, yeah, but no, I hadn't come across Susie. That's okay. I think Susie Quattro is one of those artists like a bit like uh, Pink, or I can't I can't think of any other examples off the top of my head where yeah they've got you know, a good career back in their home ta- uh, home country, but they're they're real big here in Australia. I think right, Susie okay. Quattro hit huge in like the late 70s, early 80s when um, my dad and my mum would have been you know, around my... Actually, well, depressing to say, younger than I am now. Um, <laughs> and I think I got a lot of my musical sensibilities from them. Obviously, Ava was huge with my parents. Uh, Meatloaf was fantastic. Uh, I think I... I loved just looking at the record of Bad Out of Hell. 
because it looked mm. so cool. Um, and then when you listen to it, it's just like, this is not what I'm expecting. There's, there's way too much piano for a flying motorcycle ripping through a graveyard. Uh, but yeah. I loved Meat Love growing up. Um, and Susie Quattro was a big one uh, for my dad. Um, he loved her. Um, still does. You know, has seen Susie Quattro when she toured here, gosh, about 10 years ago now. And uh, by all accounts, it was an amazing concert. Um, if I if I could do it all over again, I'll go and, and go down to the Crown Casino and see Susie Quattro uh, perform. Um, Susie Quattro, yeah, she's kind of similar to a... Uh, would say like a Joan Jett or a Runaways type singer. Um, mm. I think actually there she did support the Runaways at some point. Um, I, I can't remember or not support uh, open for them uh, at, at some point. Um, but yeah, she she's a she's a she's an old school seventies rocker, and I mm. think that's what um, drew me to her in the first place. And Devil Great Drive was a song that was played constantly in um in our house growing up dad loved it right. um and looking back um, at, looking back now i can think oh yeah at the time i should say at the time as a bit of a child i thought oh dad's just into cool rock and he loves cool rock chicks looking back he was just he just had a crush on Susie quattro and you can't blame <laughs> him you can't blame him she was in happy days um yeah. Yeah, she she also is the vocals in the duet of Stumbling In, mm-hmm. um, if you're familiar. It's with uh, Chris Norman from okay. uh, from Smokey, which, uh, an English band, which is also one of those bands that really hit big over here. Mm. Okay. Yeah. Excellent. So yeah, Devil yeah. Gate Drive. Yeah. It's got the word devil in it. It's got a, a hot lady performing it. It's really the... Eight-year-old boy's introduction into rock music. <laughs> can they can they say the devil in music these days? <laughs> I thought this song is of the devil. Yeah, absolutely. Um, oh, it's, it's it's a great song. Another quite like theatrical rock song, yeah. which I quite like. Um, so obviously you, you were saying this is like um uh big one for your for your dad and your folks growing up then so is this is this something that you still listen to would you still have Susie Quattro in rotation I would yeah so she so she has a yeah um can the can 48 crash these are I was listening to them in preparation for this to try and see which is um my favorite I'll be honest no shade to Susie you listen to one song, you listen to them all. She, it's kind of <laughs> very similar, very guitar forward, a um, lot of yeah. uh, piano in the background. She's got an amazing voice, um, mm-hmm. kind of like a, a, a kind of more like a screech, really. Right. It's very high pitched. Um, I really belted out over over the guitar. Um, that being said, of the of the female rock artists that my dad and my mum were into as a kid I think my favourite has got to be Pat Benatar uh, yep. who I definitely do um, listen to a, a lot more than Susie right. Quattro but Susie Quattro Delegate Drive in particular had a lot more of the nostalgic smack for me but uh, Pat Benatar now I was actually meant to go see Pat Benatar in 2020 um, I can't remember the reason why I can't remember the reason why it stopped. We were meant to go, meant to go see her in September 2020. Don't know. Crazy, crazy. Yeah. I try not to think about it. Um, all right, song four is a song that makes you happy. 
See you hey, speaking it. of <laughs> speaking of the thing that we're not talking about, here's a song from I think I started listening to it like April 2020, and like a real song that I got obsessed with. Oh wow! Okay. For the entire 2020, yeah. Uh, so this is "Running Back to You" by Vanessa Williams. Running back to you, Vanessa Williams. Um, do you know? I'm not sure how much research you went into. Do you know Vanessa Williams? Uh, no. Okay, so she's. Uh, she is, speaking of movies, she's also an actress as well. Uh, so you might have recognized her. She's been in, off the top of my head, she, uh, she was the lead in Eraser with Arnold Schwarzenegger back in the 90s. She was like supporting on Ugly Betty for a long time. But um, okay. she is also a fantastic musician in her own right. Um, kind of famous, like more infamously, she was the first black Miss USA. Okay. And after the fact, uh, someone, some... Some organization, I don't know off the top of my head, came forward and said, hey, she appeared nude in these magazines beforehand. We can't allow this for her. And then after that, it came out, you know, a lot of these a lot of these pageant performers did so. Why is it only now the first, the first time a, a black model wins the competition that it's suddenly become a bit of an issue? You know, so she um, initially was a bit marred with that controversy, uh, controversy um, through no fault of her own, of course. Um, but yeah, she's had a really good, uh, career, I think. Ooh, I'm a big Oscars fan. Do not quote me on this if I'm incorrect. I'm looking through Wikipedia right now. I think she was Oscar nominated for her song in Pocahontas. Okay, so the, the, okay, I'm going to go on an Oscars rant here. The Oscars award for best song is going to the, uh, writer, the producer, of course. Um, but I think they should also include the performer in there. So she wasn't included in this but it did win best original song colors of the wind which she performs in the uh, in the movie pocahontas um which actually alan menken and stephen schwartz um long time disney and broadway uh, producers won good good for you alan menken and stephen schwartz (laughs) but yeah running back to you let's go back to that one running back to you uh also has a fantastic dance version on the arsenio hall show from like 1992, 93. Um, Vanessa Williams, it it makes me happy. It's a real, it's just a bop. You listen to it. It's it's real good. We're talking still again, um, early 90s uh, pop music. It is uh, just told from the point of view of a lady who is not interested in any more fuckboys. I'm not going to come back running to you. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not on your beck and call. You've got to romance me. You've got to woo me. I'm not chasing you down. It's really good, and it has, we were talking about before, it's got these really great drums, um, it's got a beautiful, uh, like, a, a little bridge or a breakdown in the middle where it's kind of talking a little bit, that always, um, mm. that always <laughs> impresses me, and, and yeah, this, I got into this around April 2020, which we were going through some tough lockdowns here in Melbourne at the time, yeah. Um, and yeah, uh, it, it discovering new music this was a, a, like a spotify monday morning recommended for you um recommendation and it just stuck with me and it's a real earworm and i think it was like my most played second most played actually after nowhere fast in 2020 that's oh, nice. that's how i remember <laughs> that's how i uh, i remember that and okay. uh yeah running back to you vanessa williams it's a it's a bop and a half yeah yeah it's another one good just going back to the point I was making about um pop music it's a it's another one that you go back to and realize that there's 
an awful lot of like even if it is like this is classically 90s obviously very like heavily produced there's a lot of interesting stuff going on with it it's like a very well written pop song like incredibly performed um Mm. musically can't fault it um so yeah it's it's another it's another one that i go back to and like i've i've missed out on a lot of music by just dismissing pop um but yeah Yeah. it's it's yeah it's an awful lot of fun it's 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 a it's a great one um the other song that you you wanted to give a mention to here was uh you're already laughing um my sacrifice by creed oh i feel the need (laughs) the need for creed that is I think it's uh, Creed is a real classic. So, uh, so Creed is a band that I got into ironically, and now I love them. <laughs> I think they're really good. They've got a lot of great, great songs that I like. Uh, there is definitely a bit of um, irony still in listening to them, but I think you can ironically listen to a band and appreciate for what it is. This is they're doing. This is really good. Like, it is... Um, yeah. I don't think they're technically Christian rock. I think they've kind of stepped back from that. But it's Christian-adjacent rock. It's it's yeah. arms wide open, uh, big flowy shirt, long hair, flowing in the breeze. Um, yeah. I, I, I've actually got... I've listened to later albums that you don't know Creed have. They have a 2009 album that is pretty good. Like, I'm On My Sleeve from that album is also a really good uh, recommendation. And it is... Yeah, it's incredibly cheesy stuff. That's what I like about it. It's very cheesy. It wears its heart. Like, yeah. Speaking of, it wears its heart on its sleeve. Um, right. And yeah, I'm wearing a Creed shirt right now that I had made through Redbubble. Um, <laughs> could you tell this was also a lockdown purchase? Who who could bloody tell? Um, and yeah, I, I do like Creed and they do make me happy. Uh, not in the same way of listening to an actual good song like Running Back to You. Again, apologies, Creed. But when I'm listening to My Sacrifice, I'm um, I'm kind of stepping out of my mind and, and thinking it is silly that I'm listening yeah. to this song from 2001 or so uh, right. that I know I knew mostly from like pro wrestling montages as I was growing up, and now I'm listening sure. to it as a grown adult and appreciating it and thinking this sounds pretty fun. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I um, I think there's a very fine line for me in, um, between enjoying something ironically and just enjoying mm. something and I think the older I get the, the less I care about that distinction uh, exactly exactly it's almost gone that line yeah I don't care yeah. Yeah. I, I mentioned Streets of Fire that, um, the movie I talked about at the start of this podcast I know it's shit it, it might <laughs> be meant to it might not be the director's right. a crazy, crazy old man who loves cowboy movies. I don't know how yeah. much of it's intentional, but it's still really fun. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Oh, and yeah. like, exactly to that point, like a lot of a lot of artists and a lot of creators will make things that are intentionally cheesy, like aren't meant to be dissected and intellectualized. It's just meant to be a bit of fun. Um, yeah. So yeah, I, I yeah, I'm with you there. I. Yeah, it's 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 a fun song. One one like you can definitely have a good old like scream when you're <laughs> singing along. Uh I quite like I quite like singing in that accent. My um karaoke song that I've put on my list is a um Three Doors Down song. Oh hell so, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah. That loud yeah. growl. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well yeah. I like, just heard Oh Yeah, yeah. A different song. The accent in there, it's 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 easy. But it's good. It's good. 
Um, yeah. All right, song five is a song that makes you sad. So you wait oh, no. for The Legend of Chavo Guerrero by the Mountain Goats. Shock of the goddamn century here, Shane. You asked <laughs> an early 30s white guy a song that makes him sad, and I went with The Mountain Goats. <laughs> wow. Can't believe it. Those yeah. fun boys. Yeah. Um, I, out of all the bands I've mentioned, I probably don't listen to The Mountain Goats um, as much as the, anyone else. Uh, I, I don't... I'm not really into them. I, I know, you know um, this year and, uh, and you know, some of their bigger hits, but I don't really actively seek them out just because they do seem kind of morose and uh, a bit down. Again, that's just me looking at them from the outside. Um, yeah. The Legend of Chavo Guerrero, though, uh, I know that because it was recommended to me about 2015, 2016 or so when I started getting back into to pro wrestling. Uh, just like being more of a fan of it, so I love you know pro wrestling as a kid, um, and you know kind of you know, ages nine to fifteen or so, really loved it, really watched it a lot as a kid, uh, and then like most pro wrestling fans at the time, just grew up, gave it up, thought this is tri- this is silly, this is cheesy, like we were talking about before, uh, yeah. and then growing up like 2015, 2016 kind of have an inclination of, hey, what's going on with that world? I've, I've tapped out for you know, 10, 15 years or so. Um, looked it back up and kind of started following it a bit more gradually, gradually until I was you know, a full-blown fan again. Um, and I think the Mountain Goats are fans of it as well. Had you heard this song beforehand? No, I hadn't. Um, this is from uh, Beat the Champ, which is their 15th album. God almighty. <laughs> Leave some album space for the rest of us, buddy. Um, but it's a concept album about pro wrestling. And um, right. their, I think, I, I mean, I'm, I skimmed the Wikipedia page before, but I think about their relationships to pro wrestling, being fans as a kid, being jaded, falling out of it, coming back to it as an adult and appreciating, you know, you can appreciate the cheesiness of it. You can appreciate the pageantry, the athleticism. Um, and that's definitely something that I... Um, that's kind of what spurred me getting back into it. I'm, I'm kind of 50-50 on it now. Um, mm. I try and you know, follow it and see you know, who people I liked as a, as a kid, what they're doing, people I liked when I got back into it, what they're doing. Um, and one thing, I, I, me and my brothers and um, my dad used to watch it when we were kids. Um, I'm sure he right. was watching it the same with the same view um, I would now, where it's like, this is silly, this is a silly... Um, soap opera but I can appreciate you know they're having fun and it's yeah. fun music and lights and colours and athleticism and um, they're just embracing the cheese but you know as we were kids we were fully sucked in we thought it was real we thought this is amazing this is great there's good guys there's bad guys uh, and this is what the song is about it's about a young boy watching pro wrestling with his dad and relating to him mm. and getting sucked into uh, um like Charlie Guerrero, the, the titular person in the song, it was a real you know, uh, Texan-based wrestler back in the 70s, I think. Uh, yeah. And they drop in a bunch of these old historical references, which um, I appreciate as an old fan. But really, it just makes me sad because it is... I mean, I think you mentioned in other episodes um, that you're really into you know, lyrics, um, mm-hmm. which I'm probably more the opposite, but the lyrics of this one still, still make, me, um, make me tear up because it's about... a, a, a son growing up um, discarding the childish things and remembering his dad who passed away 
and just using right, that okay. as a connection. Using that as a connection to use, um, I, I don't want to say, I want to say pop again, but in terms of um, anything outside of music, like pop films or pop culture, uh, anything that they enjoy together um, between a young boy and their dad. Um, I'm very thankful I haven't lost my father yet. He's very help, uh, healthy, uh, lovely man, love my dad. Um, and yeah, it just makes me sad thinking of that revelation that I'm going to have to go through one day, um, yeah. which, you know, tailors all this time, you know, boys thinking about their dad's dying. It's sad. Yeah. 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 I get you. Um, yeah. I think especially since I've uh, had our son, um, stuff like that just like just hits me very very hard mm. um, <clears throat> um, yeah because just sort of like um, almost like reverse engineering everything that I'm feeling um, and then thinking mm. like oh this is all stuff my dad went through and uh, yeah I, I'm not going to talk about it much but um, I, uh, of course of course I, I but yeah, when you when you uh, mentioned that you had a kid just before we started recording yeah. I thought oh, I wonder how the discussion of this this one's <laughs> going to go and yeah from yeah, what yeah. I know the Mountain Goats make um, makes like you know sad boy music they're very good at it even though this this song um, music wise sounds pretty chipper it's pretty yeah. upbeat there's some fun guitars in there it's it's a, it's a sneaky one and it, this is another one I've had similar songs like this where I wouldn't have I would not have picked up that this is a sad song unless you put it in the sad category. I probably it's really just, just... It for like a, a story. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's it's a fun story about um, you know, using uh, pro wrestling um, to connect with your your son or your dad, uh, and yeah. then yeah, gut punch at the end where it's revealed. Oh, I, I want to look up the exact line, um, mm. but. Uh, yeah, you let me down, but Chavo never once did. Talking about you know his his adoration for this bigger than life figure. You called him names to try to get beneath my skin. Now your ashes are scattered on the wind. Yeah, something my dad did to rile us up as a kid. You know, we would yeah. hate the bad guys, and my dad was like, oh, I don't know, he seems pretty good. Like, no, dad, he's a bad guy. Oh. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yep. Right. We're moving on. <laughs> Song six. But- is a song to relax to um so you went for purple rain by prince um yeah a bona fide classic everyone knows the song purple rain by prince it's it's up there as one of my favorite songs of all time um i can listen to it in any any situation but i want to include it here and um it is a song to relax to i mean you've heard i mean you've heard you didn't need me to put this into the playlist everyone listening has heard purple rain by prince it is um it is a great song. It is also a very long song um, mm-hmm. with a very gradual build. Um, Prince is amazing. Uh, obviously, I, I'm not the first person to say that. He's one of my favorites. So someone that I've also taken a while to get into um, as a as an adult. I guess I probably was a bit more of that pop dismissiveness, the dismissiveness to Prince even as a kid. You know, I also knew... Um, he was going through the artist formerly known as phase when I was growing up. So again, very similar to Janet mm-hmm. Jackson. He was kind of more known as like a pop culture reference and a bit of a joke. But I mean, it's fucking Prince. It's amazing. It's great. It's Purple Rain. It's one of the best songs ever. Um, yeah. I've listened to... Um, there's also a lot of great live versions out there uh, that go over 20 minutes long and they're mm. insanely produced and have 
10 minute long guitar solos and after hearing it so many times just something that can really wash over and relax you yeah 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 absolutely it's definitely one you can get swept up in as you say the uh the build especially towards the end um there's a like sort of repetitive nature to to parts of it and Mm -hmm. then stuff that's built on top and it's just yeah um i i could easily listen to a 20 minute version of this and not realize like if 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 someone snuck the original out and snuck in a 20 minute version i don't think i would notice i think i just like Mm -hmm. i just get lost in this song well, the regular, I mean, the regular, I mean, the, the single version is seven minutes long. Yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah, it's crazy. And I, and also, I believe Purple Rain is the final song Prince ever performed live. Uh, I think it closed his, yeah, closed the concert he performed in his hometown like a week before he, he died. I, mean, I think I'm remembering that uh, from a couple of years ago, so I might be wrong, but uh, wow. what, what a song to go out on. And the yeah. performance at the Super Bowl that everyone bangs on about where it's literally started raining just before he starts playing Purple Rain. <laughs> it's wow. great. It's up there as one of the best uh, Super Bowl performances ever. And I say that as someone who's seen two of them. Prince <laughs> and J-Lo and Shakira. I thought you were going to say the uh, uh, Justin Timberlake and Janet Jackson one. No, oh, I possibly... I mean, I've seen clips of it, Sure. From the news back in one, the day, one I don't think I've actually seen. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, song seven is a song from your preteen years. So your song is "Mutt" by Blink One Eight Two. Absolutely, a song I should not have been listening to in my preteen years if I was paying any attention to the lyrics whatsoever. But um, yeah. yeah, Blink One Eight Two, uh, I loved as a preteen boy and then stuck with them through my teens um shane you're nodding it seems like we might be cut from the same cloth on this one um yeah blinker blinker really cool i don't have tickets to their melbourne or sydney shows while they're here i think i just was bad with 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 timing at at, at, um when the tickets were released but i definitely see myself trying to scab some tickets closer to the date or on tixel or something like that and I, i know i'm just gonna pay through the nose yeah. But I, I want to see him again. <laughs> I want to see him. It'd be great. And hopefully they play Mutt, which is... Um, what was that? That was Enema of the State, I think. Yes. Um, Mutt, it's... Um, it's the one that kicks off with some really fun drums. Uh, it is also in American Pie. I think might have been the first time I heard it as a kid. Just like on VHS at a friend's house. Sure. Um, and you're thinking, oh, we shouldn't, we shouldn't be watching this. This is a rude movie. He fucks <laughs> a pie. Yeah, that's something only adults do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. as we know. Yes, yes. Um, yeah, it's it's one that I've come back to um, several times, and you know, it got me really blink. Got me into you know pop punk as a kid, um, right. and I do, I, I do love them. This is similar to what I was talking about earlier with like bands that are adjacent to what i'm into but i wasn't into them uh okay i never i never got into blink 102 when i was uh when i was a preteen and i think i haven't really analyzed this but i think it was because i was too christian at the time and, oh uh, i think that the uh the album cover in particular felt like something i couldn't have on my computer um and, you didn't uh, want to. Uh, you didn't want to 
you didn't want a picture of a sexy nurse played by porn actress Janine Lindemolder, a name yeah. that I remembered hearing as a ten-year-old, and I have I've forgotten friends' names more than <laughs> I will I will go to my grave remembering that porn actresses from like the late nineties. I will remember her name. I've probably not seen a porno of her. But I know that album and the actress who plays her, and I'm gonna remember that until my fucking grave. That's good. Fuck, going uh, back to the, going back to Charvo. So, uh, this is why I hope I die before my dad. So <laughs> I, I don't, I can't forget him before I forget her. God Almighty. Fuck. Um. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, this this really this really passed me by, and then I think because I I missed a lot of it, the there there are elements of the Blink One Two reunion stuff that I'm just like, mm. I just I'm not quite connecting with. But the more I listen to them, the more I think again, it's something that really did pass me by. I would have mm. absolutely loved uh, them when I was a when I was a teenager. A lot of their songs still really hold up, and yeah. if the if it wasn't for the fact that the tickets are number one so expensive number two so hard to get and number three will be taken by people who have a deep love for blink 182 um yeah. i think i would make a, a very strong effort to to try and get tickets um but otherwise like yeah it's i, I really i really like listening to the song because i again the, the album is something that i have tried to come back to occasionally um to to try and get into and i i, I enjoy every song that's on it it's just it doesn't quite have the same nostalgia hit for me, but um, yeah, and but it's such it, a short great, song as well. Song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's weird yeah. that you didn't get into them as a teenager because you're a Christian. Because Blink One Eighty Two sounds like a Bible verse. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. A reading from Blink One to Eighty Two. Yeah, absolutely. Oh man, I wonder if I could have got away with that. <laughs> um. All right. Song Eight is a cover. So mm. we have gone for Accordion by Nina Cherry. Yes. So um, probably, uh, I would say probably one of the least well-known songs I've included on the list. But from the moment I first heard this uh, cover version, I loved it. So it's a cover version of a MF Doom song, Accordion, yeah. by N- uh, Nina Cherry. Um, we've Listeners might be most familiar with the song Buffalo Stance from the 80s, like a hip-hop uh, pop song. Were you familiar with with, with that song? You might, no. you possibly have... Uh, possibly might be one, you know, one you've heard in the background over the years. Um, yeah, maybe. But she's she's really good. She's a, a, a Swedish, uh, Swedish-English um, performer. Um, yeah. Actually, half-sister of Eagle Eye Cherry of Saves Tonight fame. Um but yeah, this is from her album, I'm, I'm the Cherry Thing, Cherry Thing. So that is with a um, jazz show called The Thing. And I remember I, I had to track this, this was just before everything was streaming, uh, everything was downloadable. So I remember having to go on eBay and get a copy of this album, mm-hmm. um, just because I had heard this version of Accordion and then fell in love with it. And just the album is her, a, a hip hop singer, doing these um there are i think a few other cover versions but a lot of other um originals with the thing which is um this this um jazz trio um and i love the album uh and yeah she does it some covers of other like suicide and the stooges as well 
Um, right. Yeah, really, really, um, really like it. it. Has a great music video as well. Um, but yeah, um, it it obviously is a bit of a change in tone from what I've chosen for my other playlist choices. Um, yeah. Just off the top of your head, like being a first time listener, what we were expecting, um, how did it live up to my hype? You know, what did you think? I, I took me a little time to get into this, if I'm honest, because um, mm-hmm. I think there are there are elements of it that are quite intense and a little mm-hmm. jarring, um, uh, and I think I really started to appreciate it when I went back and listened to the original and realized mm-hmm. what they were doing as a cover, um, yeah. because it's unrecognizable and it's genius what they've been able to do with it um so they like for anyone who hasn't heard it the um the original mf doom was you just call it it's it's, i think it's under two minutes it's a really straightforward like uh hip-hop record it's you know they've they've uh they've got a beat they've got a track and it's uh a rap verse over the top of it um and there's not much more to the song than that. And then, you know, Cherry and, uh, and, and The Thing have taken it and made it into this incredibly complex piece of work and picked out lyrics that I thought were really fascinating and, and repeated, the, like, keep your glory gold and glitter. Um, is like a throwaway line in the original and it becomes like a refrain of this song. Um mm-hmm. It's really and it has a really nice build as well. It's I, I'm being I'm, yeah. I know less about jazz than anything we've talked about so far, but it has a very slow double bass intro, uh, right. and then it introduces. It sounds like a cowbell, but I, I it doesn't sound like it. It's really really jarring. It just comes in ding 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 ding, and it just repeats itself uh, with this cowbell yeah. sound. As there's piano and, and, and more bass being introduced, and Nina. Uh, who has a great voice in this cover version, um, practically screaming at the end. Um, yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. It's not for everyone. It's really um, tonally different. It's it's really jarring, but I love it. Yeah, yeah. It, it is, it's, it's, it's quite intense. I think I would, yeah. I would recommend that people listen to, even if they don't listen to it to enjoy it, I think we'd listen to it to appreciate what they've been able to do as a cover because it yeah. it's phenomenal. From that standpoint, absolutely phenomenal. Sounds definitely better than a real accordion as well. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I think that's fair to say. <laughs> it's the main thing you want to accomplish. Um, all right, song nine is a song you would sing at karaoke. So mm-hmm. we've gone for "Complicated" by Avril Lavigne. Ah, a Canadian classic, "Complicated" Avril Lavigne. Uh, a song that I would sing at karaoke. A song that I have sung at karaoke. I sung this at a friend's 30th uh, late last year. I think it was December. It was a White Lotus-themed 30th. So everyone was in Hawaiian shirts. I forgot that it was themed and rocked up coincidentally in a Hawaiian shirt. Because I was going through my summer fuckboy phase wearing that with my boat shoes. And hell, for once, I was on theme. Um, So I've done complicated Avril Lavigne um, a couple times my ex-girlfriend who was there and what might be listening might be listening shout out Julia has absolutely foot has footage of me singing this and it feels like a Cuban missile crisis 
situation where I can't say anything bad about her publicly because she can reveal <laughs> footage of me singing complicated. And I remember at the time, I walked half the room. I'm not a good singer. People got right. bored and they left. And I've been cut off halfway through at karaoke separately. I got cut off. I can't remember what it was. I think it was View to a Kill, the James Bond theme song. I got cut off halfway because I was so bad. But <laughs> Complicated Avril Lavigne, I have done uh, separately as well. And also, right. I have kind of... Kind of tangentially to this one, uh, this is a song I do. I do pub trivia here as well every Wednesday. Uh, and complicated, I remember sometime last year I, I included it as like a round where I play like 10 seconds of a song, you have to guess who it is. Uh, and this one got the crowd, it was a big crowd and got incredibly hyped. And I just let the song play as I was revealing the answers. And every single person in there knew the lyrics and was singing it and belting it out. and... Yeah. screaming at the chorus and it's it really stuck with me it's one of my favourite memories it's so good um, yeah. and yeah complicated Avril Lavigne uh, just a story of a young lady grappling with the Canadian accent and losing because it is <laughs> so so prominent strike your poos <laughs> yeah absolutely absolutely first of all I'll say I'm not mm-hmm. I'm not a fan of the uh recording people doing karaoke thing i think it should be in the moment and Mm -hmm. i do not want to watch myself back that's bad behavior i'll I'll say it i'll say it um yeah i i think this this is a good choice though um i've been talking about this a lot recently because a friend of mine is uh he runs karaoke nights so we sort of talk a lot about um you know people's choices and what's going well what what hasn't i think complicated is a great choice because it's again it, as you say it's it's got enough nostalgia that people enjoy it and it's got uh it's recognizable enough that a large portion of the crowd will join in so mm-hmm, mm-hmm. if that's what you're going for trying to get people on side trying to you know strategically get the the audience to mask some of your own vocal like yeah. that's quite good as well God, I haven't considered that. That's that's what I got to do next time. I got to get something where it's mostly the crowd singing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or an yeah. instrumental. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I have had someone pick an instrumental for this category before, which, um, which I quite liked. Yeah, uh, my two of my favorites would be yeah the one which, which was the instrumental. I can't even remember what song it was, but it was an instrumental. And uh, the other was um, how much is that doggy in the window? <laughs> All right. Oh, do you know what's a great karaoke song? Happy birthday. <laughs> that's, good. that's a good one. You just you just pick someone in the crowd and start singing to them, and you make everyone. Oh, that's a great choice for karaoke. I'm doing that next time. I say this is dedicated to a certain. Unless you're there for a birthday, then it doesn't make sense. But if you just had a karaoke night. An open mm. one. You just say, this goes out to that special someone. They know who they are. You point at them <laughs> and you sing happy birthday. Because everyone's going to join in. Yeah. You need to stop when you get to happy birthday too. And let the crowd just like join in with it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just watch the confusion unfold. Yeah, that's quite good. Oh, God. Yeah. I should have chose that. Oh, well. <laughs> uh, all right. Song 10 is a song that reminds you of a specific place. So... Uh, you went for Charlie, last name Wilson, by Charlie Wilson. That's right. Charlie Wilson. Are you familiar with Charlie Wilson? No. I'm an idiot. No. So, so Charlie Wilson. So am I. 
Hey, welcome to the club, baby. Uh, Charlie Wilson is he... So, let me set the scene on this one. So, this reminds me of a particular place. So, this is uh, reminds me of a trip I took to Hawaii with... Speaking of my ex-girlfriend, um, we went to Hawaii in 2018. Um, had a fantastic time. It was beautiful. Um, saw so many great sights and, and had some amazing food. And one thing we did, in particular, was go see Bruno Mars in concert. Oh, wow. So, I'm not... Yeah, because I'm not a huge Bruno Mars fan. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, at that point, I'd heard all the hits and stuff like that. And yeah, he was, was fine. Um, but we didn't know that he was from Hawaii, from Honolulu, and we were there the night of his final tour after like a year and a half worldwide tour. Uh So even though we weren't fans, it was just like, I mean, we know some of the songs. Let's, let's go and see. And all, all, you know, prepping for the trip, we were listening to a lot of Bruno Mars, um, and really getting into him. You know, he's a fantastic performer. Uh, And I gotta say, one of the best concerts I've ever been to. Um, he was fantastic. Uh, he had a little cameo by Halle Berry uh, included oh, wow. in there, which was a lot of fun. Uh, wow. And yeah, it was a hometown crowd. He was shouting out places. The crowd was going insane. Uh, there was right. a lot of pyrotechnics. There was a, a glitter raining at the end. Really, really good. Uh, and the opening act was a man called Charlie Wilson, who we weren't familiar with. Right. Uh, Charlie Wilson, you might have heard of the Gap Band. He was the, the lead singer of the Gap Band, like a funk uh, R&B uh, group from, from uh, 70s and 80s. And he kind of went into producing and um, ha- has kind of had a solo career since like 2000s or so. And Charlie Last Name Wilson is an insane song about a guy <laughs> kind of bigging himself so much and just uh, describing himself to women and the the premise of the song is basically god i'd love to meet someone and settle down but charlie wilson is just too goddamn famous <laughs> yeah. this is someone who hey he's had a great career the gap band i know of them they've been sampled a lot he's, he's released so many great albums he opened for bruno mars um he might be a hawaiian legend i don't know but I don't think Charlie Wilson is that famous that he can't fuck. <laughs> I mean, you yeah. heard this. It's it's also I love the phrase Charlie last name Wilson. At that point, yeah, just say Charlie Wilson. Right. Yeah. It's you're not saving any time. I would yeah. sound like a right bastard if I went up to people and say, "Hey, I'm Tim, last name Clark." <laughs> just say just say your name. Um, yeah, it, it, this is a bit more of a. Um, because after, after we saw this concert, and after we kind of got into um, Charlie Wilson, this song was the theme song to our Hawaiian 2020, 2018 right, uh, sure. holiday. It was any downtime, we're listening to Charlie Wilson. In the hotel room, in the car. Yeah. Um, it became like a little running joke, just like going up to my, my partner and just going, Hi, have we met? I'm Charlie. Last name Wilson. <laughs> hey, girl. Yeah. How you doing? <laughs> My name is it's, Charlie. It's, what did you think? It's I, I I thought it was so funny. It's it's a funny the, the combination of, as you say, starting the song being like, God, I've just got so much stuff, so much to <laughs> offer, and no one to share it with, and I'm just too famous. It's so difficult, and then to go into introducing yourself as Charlie, last name Wilson, and then be like, once again. That was Charlie. Um, he introduces if, himself if you, so many times. It's yeah, great. exactly. If you're that famous that you can't find someone, then you don't need to introduce yourself like that 
intensely. Like, surely you'd just be like, oh, you know my name is Charlie Wilson because I'm super famous and I've got all this stuff. But yeah, just the, the, the approach of being like, I'm I'm just too famous. Charlie, that's C-H. <laughs> yeah, it's... Uh, that's Charlie. C for Charlie. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, I mean, can I, I? I've got the lyrics up. I mean, again, I I think it. it I think it is very funny, but um, musically, production wise, lyrically, I think it's yeah. all very good. It, it's hidden yeah, great, yeah. and he has he has some great songs. I've actually I've gone, you know, I've listened to "There Goes My Baby." Um, is like a legitimately fantastic song that he also does. But just yeah. isolated, these are not the lyrics of a, a confident man with a lot to offer. <laughs> Hey girl, how you doing? My name is Charlie, last name Wilson. I was wondering if I could take you out, show you a good time, invite you to my house. Here's my number. Girl, you can call me. And don't forget, the name is Charlie. <laughs> That's my favourite part, where at the end of each verse he just says, Don't forget the name. The name is Charlie. <laughs> yeah. You're, you're not convinced that you've made the impact if it's, yeah, you're finishing yeah. with, oh yeah, Charlie. You want to write that down? Do you know? Yeah. Here's, you here's my number. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if you're giving the number, write yeah. Charlie underneath the number. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. <laughs> maybe maybe that's what it is. Maybe you just realize he's fucked up. He's like, here's my number. Oh, and yeah. um, Charlie. It says Charlie. Yeah. Last Charlie time. who? <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> yeah. And you're opening for Bruno Mars, the most famous man on the earth at this point. <laughs> okay, interesting. Also, yeah. remember he was. I mean, he, he's an old man now, but he was he's seated the entire time. Right. <laughs> and he was opening yeah. um, for him. But hey, I remember it would be really, really entertaining. Um, right. And yeah, Charlie Wilson, he's got some great songs. Check it out. Yeah. It's a strong tactic. I mean, it's it's speaking of names, you're not going to forget. There's another one. I'm um, fucking talking about him five years after I saw him in concert, and I've name dropped him several times in this episode. <laughs> yeah, 100%. Um, yeah. I... Um, I went to see Bruno Mars. I, I don't know if it was the 2018. May have hmm. been the same tour actually when he was in. Oh wow, uh, Dublin. So this would have been like post Uptown Funk. I think was. Mm-hmm. I th- yeah, that was 2012. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or 2013, I think it was. Uptown Funk. I think Uptown Funk was like 2014. 20. I looked up 20, late 2014 actually. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I only I, I only know that because my wife introduced me to it and this is like at the very start of us mm. getting to know each other um so yeah we went and saw bruno mars and i was probably quite similar to you in that we basically decided to go because he was there and we thought you know like uptown funk probably a good show let's yeah. just go and check it out unbelievable like yeah like now looking back on it i shouldn't have had any doubts but he is an incredible performer uh one of these artists that like really puts a lot of time and energy into the stage performance the mm-hmm. the way it looks the 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 dance breaks the band coming together it's yeah stunning um yeah, he's and yeah, i've kept listening to to bruno mars um, off and on over a couple of years he's um, yeah, he's yeah. Great. he has an amazing song so yeah like a home a hometown guard for bruno mars would be insane it was great it was great yeah great, and yeah. i think uh um, I'm more willing to do that on holiday than I am in my own ha- hometown. If right, yeah. 
just down the road there's someone who is performing in a huge venue it's like oh, I'm not going to see them but on holiday it's just like well I'm in this place I want to experience <laughs> I want to experience a a huge I've never you know, this was like the closest I'm ever going to come to like a big American stadium show like I want sure. to check it out yeah 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 absolutely yeah I'm less inclined to do that in Europe because uh, mainland European um crowds mm. especially like i've been to a couple of gigs like scandinavia uh very reserved very quiet oh uh, okay yeah which is nice at times it depends on what show you're going to because they're very polite and you can sort of stand and you're not going to be bothered um but in other ways it's kind of like there's no there's there can be very little energy at times um yeah there's a really funny video of uh charlie xcx at a festival in germany getting very angry yeah. at the crowd because they're giving her nothing back and she's like what the fuck <laughs> I thought this song was huge in Germany I'm, god yeah. damn yeah yeah D- different energy to um to use us as an example uh when I went to see Mike Amokoroma it's the guy directly in front of me who kept ducking down behind people to hit his vape and then when someone complained he called them the c word and threw a beer <laughs> yeah that sounds about right yeah 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 yeah, Belfast crowds are different. I um I went to see was it Paul Gibson, I think it was. Um I um so like a, an incredible guitarist and uh this this guy who kept on bumping into me. Like he was standing in front of me, he kept on bumping into me. So at one point I gave him like a little push and it was just a gentle like him hey, yeah. I'm here kind of thing. He turned around, put his hands on my shoulders. This guy had like hair down to his ass. And then he started head banging in my face so that hair, his moist, sweaty hair was just like Ugh. washing over me. Uh, yeah. And he's a big dude and I'm not a fighter. So I tried to push him again and he kept doing it. And then eventually he buggered off. But um, mm. yeah. So yeah, Belfast cards are a mixed bag, I would say. They sound sick as hell. Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. Depends if they're respecting saying. boundaries. Yeah. <laughs> Everything sick as hell when you consider consent. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. There's the tagline of the episode. Uh, song 11 is a song that reminds you of a specific person. So you yes. got Prisoner by Harmar Superstar. Yes. So Prisoner by Harmar Superstar. Of all, just skimming them, of all the other, very similar to a Mountain Goats where I don't know much else about Harmar Superstar. Uh, sure. This is probably the only song I know of them. Um, were you familiar with Harmar Superstar before this? No, I'm familiar with this, with this song because I, I really like disco. I'll stick on like a disco um, mm. playlist and just rattle through it. So yeah, I was aware of Prisoner. Love this song. Definitely should get into Harmar, just haven't for whatever reason. So this reminds me specifically... Of, this could also work for a specific place because um, this reminds me of... Being at Melbourne Comedy Festival 2015, um, me and my friends Ben, Rosie and Adam, um, who we were performing a show called Chimp Cop, mm-hmm. uh, which was a like a sketch live play kind of deal about me playing a character called Chimp Cop, who is a chimp who is a cop. And sure. that's the show. It, okay. was, it was basically like Naked Gun kind of thing where it was very silly prop-based stuff. Um, so we did that 2015. That was our first show. And the crux of the joke is I just behave, I don't alter my appearance or my voice in any way. Right? I just had, I had a mustache at the time. 
and I'm just like a, a hard-nosed detective trying to solve a case and you know there's the 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 returning uh, partner, there's the femme fatale, there's the police captain, all the regular tropes of like a, mm-hmm. a police story. And we don't address the fact that my name's Chimp Cop or that I'm a chimp in any way <laughs> until like just before the end, the chief of police goes, uh, get out there and crack this case. And uh, hey, just before you go, Chimp Cop, one last thing. So what, you're just like a chimp or something, right? And I go, yeah, I'm a chimp. I'm a chimp who's a cop. And he goes, huh. Uh, thought it would play more into the story than it did, but uh, hell. <laughs> and that's it. That's the only reason we included it. <laughs> Nothing else about it indicates it. And and we did that joke in every other Chimp Cop show we did afterwards. We did 2015 through to 2019, <laughs> then returned last year uh, as well. Um, and yeah, we we gradually got um, bigger and bigger audiences. We were like a, a I mean, it sounds like I'm too gun my own horn, but a bit more of like a cult thing in Melbourne Comedy Festival. I say cult because we often didn't have big crowds, but right. people who watched us seemed to really enjoy it. Um, but Prisoner, Harm Our Superstar, was the house music for our first show, and it is right. the only song we had as house music. So for okay. <laughs> half an hour, when I, we had to sit backstage... This is the only song that kept playing over and over and over and over again while we had people filing in and sitting down. And sometimes we had to start late because people were bought tickets and just weren't showing up. So we had to have, listen to an extra five, ten minutes or so. And, <laughs> oh, God. and in the next year, we thought, well, we could change up the house music or we could just have Prisoner by Harmar Superstar again. And we did, and we did, and we did that for like four shows in a row without changing the house music. I think we changed the house music one, one time and we thought, ah, let's just go back to Harmar Superstar. It's funny. It was, it drove us insane because we were backstage. Right. Like by the end of the run, we were just doing our silly dances and mouthing lines to each other. Uh, there was one year where I started the show on stage underneath a table hidden from the audience so I was crouched down, back, screaming in pain, <laughs> all my muscles, listening to the same song repeated for 15 minutes while I could hear people coming in. And then I just popped through a hole in the table uh, to start the show. Great gag, very funny, but <laughs> painful. <laughs> painful on my shoes, painful on my back, uh, painful on my ears at the end. But yeah. enough time has passed. You know, when we did another show last year, it was more standard house music to set the scene, which, yeah. yes probably did a better job at introducing an audience to the type of silly show that we were going to do. Um, but just anytime I hear this song now, I yeah. get flashbacks to, you know, I was only 24 at the time. Um, the other people were like 27, 28. Just that real fun, loose energy that we were having in 2015, comedy festival, doing this show for the first time. And uh, yeah, really just reminds me of um, M Vanell, Rosie Vanell, and uh, Adam Knox, the other three members of Chimcop, a fun sketch group that is temporarily on a bit of a hiatus. It's tough. Beautiful. All right. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I've, I've nothing to add to that. That's yeah. It's it's a great bit, and yeah, would would fry my head. I think it's it's it's. I'm I'm really impressed that you committed to it year on year, because yeah, that's yeah. something that for me I would think that like by show three on the first run you're like. I regret this decision. This is not this is not a fun bit anymore. Um, yeah, but yeah, credit to one, of, one of the funner bits was um, we introduced Chimp Cop's dad in the fourth show, and his name was Criminal Cop, um, and he was a criminal. <laughs> and the joke was, so was he a chimp as well? 
<laughs> yeah, he is. He's my dad. He's going to be a chimp. <laughs> but his name's Criminal Cop. He's a criminal, yes. Is he a cop? No, it's just a name. <laughs> eh, a bit of fun. I wonder. I can really start to see why we weren't selling that many tickets by the end of our run. I really like it. <laughs> Alright, song 12 is the song that motivates you. So you're going for Ladies First by Queen Latifah. Ladies First by Queen Latifah, yes. Um, the movie motif is, is kept rolling. Um, Queen Latifah, uh, I knew her as a you know, actress first and foremost. Um, but I've gone back in the last couple of years and thought, yeah, I've not listened to her, her, uh, her music. Um, I really like All Hail the Queen, which is the album this song comes from. Um, so Ladies First is a... Uh, I, I consider it a Queen Latifah song. It does feature uh, Moni Love, um, mm-hmm. who I only know through this song, and I don't know Moni Love that, uh, um, that much as I do Queen Latifah, but she is great. This is a great duet. Um, calling out uh, sexism at... Uh, so se- calling out sexism in hip-hop at the time. 1989, I think this was. So... Yeah. Uh, I mean, I'm going to sound so ignorant. I don't really know much about like female-led um, hip-hop artists of the '80s. Um, Salt and Pepper is the first thing that really comes to mind. Um, before you get into the Lauren Hills and the Missy Elliotts of the late '90s, early 2000s. Again, I'm not that familiar, but from it's a very angry song uh, from right. Queen Latifah. It's got a great, great beat, um, yeah. great lyrics, and yeah, it is all about. Um, it's all about male hip hop artists and MCs and DJs being very dismissive of Queen Latifah at the time. And um, I've, you know, I've, I've heard interviews, nothing that I can really recall off the top of my, my mind, but I've definitely heard interviews with Queen Latifah about her time then. And it did seem like it was a, uh, not that it is not still a, a sexist industry, the music industry, but it seemed particularly focused at that point, particularly in a emerging scene of like the early eighties, um, New York hip hop scene. It, mm. um, yeah, it seems like the, a big response to that scene at the time. Um, but outside of that, it's just a fucking banger. It's a great sounding song. Um, she mm-hmm. is fantastic um, lyricist, um, fantastic rapper. Um, it's just really, I just really like it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it is so fast and so upbeat and so uh, it motivates me. How about yeah. that? um yeah it's um it's got great energy it's so Mm. yeah it's it's so fun and fast moving i i really really like this um and yeah like it's you know it's i've not encountered sexism in the in the rap industry personally but it does Mm. still get me fired up which i think is um yeah, it's a good thing. Mission accomplished, I suppose, from Queen of Tifa. Mm. Yeah. Uh, and she was only 19. She was seriously? only 19 when this was really... Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Mm. Wow. She was great. She was fantastic, yeah. And um, it just... It, yeah, a lot of the album deals with, you know, domestic violence and you know, harassment and, and relationship at the time. Um, yeah. All heavy... All, you know, obviously very, very heavy topics, but um, they're all great tunes. I, de- I yeah, definitely yeah. recommend All Hail the Queen, a great album. Okay, perfect. I have a very mix. I have very mixed feelings when I hear that someone's done something incredible at like age nineteen. Because on the one hand, I'm like, oh, that's great, that's impressive. Yeah. On the other hand, I'm like, I was a fuckhead at nineteen. Like, how's anyone getting anything like 
especially anything like based like how is she mm. coming up with this and like and being articulate and smart and nuanced about her opinion um yeah. in a rap song at 19 when yeah. so many 19 year olds are just dumb fucks <laughs> who don't understand anything some 32 year olds are fuckheads as well as i think this episode might prove um <laughs> it would be one thing as well if she had just had a great debut in the music industry and kept going but i mean she did but also uh, became like an entertainment mogul she was nominated for an oscar 13 years yeah. later yeah Fuck, she was probably just a little bit older than me when she was... God damn it, this has really put everything into, <laughs> into place, huh? What am I doing? I'm going to Chavo Guerrero myself right after this episode. <laughs> uh, song 13 is the song that someone introduced you to. So you went for In Your Room by Depeche Mode. In Your Room by Depeche Mode. Yeah, so this one kind of could fit with the uh, introduction to music because... Uh, my folks were really into Depeche Mode as well. Um, mm. I, I remember they had the Enjoy the Silence um, single on record. Um, but I just can't recall this song in particular being um, one that they played fairly often. Um, this one got introduced to me also during the lockdowns um, by a, a podcast that I listened to as well. Another music podcast. Sorry to bring up another competing music podcast. Um uh, Sorry, I'll, I'll really got me. Said. That's okay. Uh, <laughs> they really, really got me into Depeche Mode. Depeche Mode is another band that I've really gotten into the last couple of years. The um, the podcast I want to share out the podcast is called Who Cares About the Rock Hall. Um, Joe Quesada and Kristen Studdard from um, yeah the comedy scene in LA do this show about the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame and tracking it and doing the history of it and who's eligible, who's coming up. Uh, it's really funny. Um, really introduced me to a lot of great uh, musical acts. I would definitely recommend you go check them out. Um, but this song was recommended uh, from them in a couple of like weird special episodes at the start of the lockdown. Obviously, they couldn't record, um, so they were just doing solo episodes where they would just be playing a playlist of thematically related songs, either from people who were nominated that year, which in this case was Depeche Mode. Um, and obviously, they chose In Your Room because... In being inside your room was very relevant in mid 2020. Um, so this is a song that I heard recommended uh, on a podcast that I listened to, uh, and it's become a real staple. In your room, Depeche Mode, and this is also uh, one very similar to Janet Jackson. Depeche Mode have a lot of great um, albums accessible on Spotify or online. Hey, I'm, this is this isn't the ABC here. I I, I can talk about pr- uh, products and brands, but I want to give. All the shout-outs uh, to Tidal and Apple Music and Amazon Music, whatever corporate <laughs> overload uh, you give over overload overload you give your money to support them. Um, Depeche Mode have a lot of great remix uh, albums online as well. So there's an album where it's just five different versions of In Your Room. I think the one I submitted was the Jeep Rock mix, um, yes. but also the regular song is is also just a, a banger as well. But the the, mm. the Jeep one as well. What I really like getting into Depeche Mode about is their um, their remixing of their own songs, releasing them on future albums, as well as their um, development into the late 90s and they got into a bit more, I want to say a bit more like house and trance with some of their music, although I'm very not familiar with that kind of music, so I might be you know, talking out of school about that, but developing it from their... 
I'm going to say this and it sounds like an insult. They're generic rock roots. I showed me that as an insult. It's fant- they're fantastic stuff. Um, but they're just really trying to get away from the more classical male-driven, uh, sorry, male guitar-driven rock of um, of the time and, and really going to experimental stuff in the 90s. I love right. Depeche Mode. They're great. They've yeah. got a great live concert uh, all on Prime Video as well, so check that out as well. Mm. Yeah, the, uh, the Jeep, Rocks, Jeep, Jeep Rock mix that you sent me is another one that I could get swept up in for ours um mm-hmm. it's uh yeah it's got that sort of that uh i don't know what you call it like it's it's there's like a and again i don't want this to sound derogatory but there's a sort of slightly droning quality to it um yes it, a very good drone yeah um like a child's christmas present <laughs> yeah absolutely kids are um, getting drones these days right <laughs> yeah yeah not 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 my kid. He is. Um, he's getting uh, Play-Doh and uh, cardboard boxes. Um, but yeah, this is a. Yeah, it's 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 a it's a beautiful song. I really like the original of this already. Um, and then yeah, the I, I, I really enjoyed the remix that you sent me because it's um, yeah, it's another one that I could just like, yeah, just stick on and get absolutely lost in for a prolonged period of time. Um, and I I find it very meditative as a result mm-hmm. which is quite nice yeah um always enjoyable yeah. um i was gonna i was gonna link it to the next song if, with a bit if you don't mind cut this out go for it listening to that song you, you were saying you were getting lost it's the second best place to get lost after the kingdom of heaven that is song number 14 <laughs> i don't know how i don't know i don't know what you're gonna do with that uh there was a lot of cutting around that's all right that's all right i'm i'm keeping all of this in Song fourteen God is something you wouldn't expect. You wouldn't expect to like. Uh, so yeah, as you say, heaven by live. Heaven by live. So you're familiar with live. I'm sure people um, listening are familiar with live. Um, Throwing copper, the album, lightning crashes, I alone, like a real. I don't know the time frame, but if not grunge, post grunge, nineties band, um, similar to Creed. Uh, a lead singer with a very distinctive accent and distinctive singing style. It's very fun to emulate, and all those, all those, you know, the the Eye Alone and Lightning Crashes. They're they're in big rotation for me. Yeah. I do love Live. Um, very hard band to Google. Terrible name. Yeah. But but yeah, like a real like '90s staple, and I, I never really followed up. Um, since then, I didn't know what they, they uh, were getting up to. And I had this song recommended from Spotify on one 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 day. And I thought, well, I'll check this out. I like live. I don't. It looked a bit uh, newer, so I, I, I was a bit sceptical. And kind of really loved it the first time I heard it. It's got a stripped-back uh, guitar to open, and it's got that distinctive voice of uh, the lead singer, who I don't actually know their name, but I do want to give them a shout-out. Um, and why I wouldn't expect to like this, I did like it straight away, uh, but that was before I really started taking note of the lyrics. Because this is one of the most Christian rock songs I've ever heard. Yeah. It is so, it is so Christian rock. And I, yeah. I've got no problem with you know, uh, Christianity or, or Christian rock. I do like quite a few Christian rock um, songs. Yeah. But this is just openly just like, 
I refuse to learn. I don't want evidence. I look yeah. in my daughter's eyes and I yes. believe in the kingdom of heaven. And if you don't, you, you, I hate you and you're the enemy. Yeah. But yeah, lyrically, I think it's, I think it's the most like maybe, uh, accidentally honest Christian song. Uh, as exactly as you said that, that I refuse to learn that like, I, I don't need evidence. I don't want it. Yeah. I have my daughter's face and a sunset, and that's yeah. it. You will not convince me otherwise with your facts or your research or your nuance. I don't want it. Um, so yeah, I, I, I'm, I did... I'm reading the lyrics now, and they, they yeah. sound, they sound. Again, I do not want to you know, <laughs> criticize Christians listening to this. It, yeah, I think the song is fantastic. Uh, believe what you want to believe; it's perfectly fine. Uh, but reading the lyrics without any music backing, it just, it seems like a bit of a manuscript. <laughs> it yeah. seems like a screed. Yeah. Um, uh, but I, I I do genuinely love this song. I think it is very um, entertaining, very fun to listen to. Yeah. Um, and, and hey, it bloody rocks. Yeah. My, um, my TikTok algorithm, uh, <laughs> I'm saying this like I'm blaming TikTok. The thing that I keep coming back to on tiktok is um uh arguments confrontations um with a a lot of it comes back to like people arguing with like and again i i'm i'm with you i don't have a problem with uh with christianity or faith um but i do have a problem sometimes with like dumb arguments um Mm -hmm. made by christians and i get a lot of videos of people like debunking that debunking flat earth um this song lyrically if someone read this out would be something that i'd see on tiktok with like stitch incoming with someone about to like pick apart each individual aspect of this um of this song it's wild but yeah musically i i again i i mentioned earlier i i grew up christian so um i do have a bit of a soft spot for for christian rock in general um it's a band i used to absolutely love called third day who are like um like a three doors down christian um uh combo um really really uh really really like that band um but i think christian rock is what they do very well is like the the they uh are very good at manipulating like a big feeling from a song Mm -hmm. uh because i used to go to like a lot of like like see a lot of like modern christian bands um even just like performing worship stuff and like you know gone to that when i was like 13 14 and stuff because that's like their you know it was all ages kind of thing and uh i would come away feeling like this sort of like this elation um Mm -hmm. like a weight had been lifted kind of thing and i like for me that was the feeling of of god and then i went to a muse concert and i felt the exact same thing and then i was like (laughs) ah maybe maybe it's not god maybe it's music um but they do that they do that very well because i think that's how they sort of like that seems to be like that's their influences and stuff um so it it does feel like a very enjoyable song when you listen to it even if i don't necessarily subscribe to the lyrical beliefs i get that i have the same feeling when uh, anytime i eat bread and wine it's like damn it's rocks (laughs) (laughs) i can see why they built a whole religion around it hell yeah yeah. <laughs> and there's so much of it suddenly. Um, get some, col- right. some colourful glass in here. We've got a we've got a place of worship. 
Thank you. Song 15 is a song you think everyone should listen to. So you've gone for Cross-Eyed and Painless by Talking Heads. Yeah, so I, this is just a, a across the plate, absolute banger. I, <laughs> if you're listening to a music podcast like this, of course you've, you've probably heard of uh, Stop Making Sense, the concert film from Talking Heads. Uh, it's one of the best movies ever. It's probably the best concert movie ever made. It's Talking Heads, uh, 1984, if I want to say, um, directed by Jonathan Demme, um, great director uh, himself. Um, and it works as a concert film and it works as a live album. It's one of the best albums, bar none. And this is the closing song, uh, Cross-Eyed and Painless, which on its own is a fantastic song by the Talking Heads. Um, Talking Heads, another band that um, I got into them as a teenager, Um as all annoying, wanky teenagers do at some point, they get into talking heads. Sure. Um, and this album, this album was, was, was fantastic for me as a, as a teenager. I loved it. And this is the crescendo of the, the film, the crescendo of the live album. It's the last performance. It goes uh, eight minutes, I think. Uh, it's got like a, a bit of a, um, a false start to it. It, it sounds like it's going to be a bit more of a different tempo, a different tone, and it mm-hmm. smashed basically smash cuts into um, the version of Cross-Eyed and Papers that we're familiar with. And yeah, I've not seen the, the, the film live. I think they're remastering it in 4K and releasing it at some point this year. Uh, the Astor Theatre here in Melbourne, which is a uh, re- revival uh, cinema, um, they often show it and have like a live band uh, playing and, and encourage people to get up and dance. Mm. Um, but yeah, I'm not... I'm preaching the converted here. If you're listening to a music podcast, you've probably heard this version. This is probably like, if I think of this song, this is the version I think of. I don't think of the, the, right. um, the album version, which is still good on its own, but it just doesn't have that, um, big live performance aspect. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I actually hadn't heard this before. Um, and I think it's incredible. I think it's very, very difficult. There are very few, live performances uh mm-hmm. that i listen to um like you know streamed on spotify on youtube or whatever that actually capture an energy um yeah. i think the other thing the other one that i've had on this that did that very well was lcd sound system um oh yes at madison square garden uh mm-hmm. but this like the 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 energy is incredible and i think they do they do it very well in that you don't i don't think they bring in much crowd noise until towards the end um mm. interesting that you um say that the the film itself does that very similar as well where right. they have the cra- uh, they have the crowd basically lit in darkness like you don't see right. like reverse right. reverse shot uh, like a typical concert you don't have cuts to the crowd applauding up each song it's yeah uh tight close-ups of the band gradually building up um the 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 stagecraft really and then at the end right. it's kind of I think you only see a very brief glimpse of the crowd at, at any one point. Right. Okay. Interesting. So yeah, I, I would definitely recommend uh, if you haven't d- done so, um, or if you've, if you've only heard the album version, Cross-Eyed and Painless by uh, the Talking Heads, go out. It's great. Yeah. Yeah. I will. Um, as I say, it's, it's, um, they captured the, the live energy incredibly well. Um, which makes me really like um really intrigued to see what the rest of the album rest of that project like so i'll definitely go and check that out mm. i was gonna say the the full movie is on youtube as well okay happy in days. great quality yeah. excellent 
Excellent. Um, all right, well, that's a lovely note to end on. Do you have anything that you want to plug or promote while I have you, Tim? Um, anything to plug or promote? Not really, not really. Um, follow me on the, all the socials um, at Mr. Timothy Clark. Um, yeah, if you're in Melbourne, you might see me at a gig. Um, hey, come on down to the Vic Hotel Wednesday, 7.30. One of the best pub trivies in town, baby. It's going to be great. Have a day. All right, well, thank you very much. Uh, uh, yeah, I just want to say thanks. Thank you, yeah. Thank you so much for, for having me. Yeah. And that is it for episode 69 of Mixtape and Identity. Thank you so much for listening. Go and support Tim. The link for the socials is in the description of the podcast. You can follow him on Instagram and Twitter. And if you're in Melbourne and you have the opportunity to go and see him live, uh, check him out at a show or check out the pub trivia on Wednesday nights. If you want to support this show, uh, then there's a couple of different ways you can do that. We do have a coffee link set up. So if you want to give a couple of quid or a couple of bucks for an episode that you've enjoyed, that would be much appreciated. There's no monthly obligation there um, unless you want one. And every little helps, keeps the, the lights on, all that good stuff. Uh, if you're not in a position to do that, totally fine, totally understandable, but please do support the show in other ways. Uh, if you haven't already rated or reviewed or, I don't know, given five stars on whatever platform you're using, please do that. It, it really does help. And drop us a follow on Instagram, tell your mates, share it, get more people listening. The more people listening, the bigger and better guests, so uh, everybody wins, really. And all the support is appreciated. Uh, I know I've heard from a couple of you uh, this week about a couple of recent episodes. And uh, that means a lot to me. So thank you very much for reaching out. We'll be back next week for episode 70. So in the meantime, look after yourselves. And I'll speak to you then.